I had already been thinking something new was on the horizon for me, but that was what it was like. So the first thing I did was I thought, what do I need to do? Because at that time, I didn't really have any mentors that could give me guidance specifically on literally going from one huge career that I had done all my life into a completely different career and how to do that successfully. So I had to figure it a lot out on my own. And so I literally said, okay, what are my expenses for the next year? What does that look like? And I literally wrote it down and made a plan. Hey, 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 good afternoon. Welcome to the Color of Money podcast. I'm your host today, Emrick Peace. I have my co-host, Julia Lachey and Daniel Dixon. And today, our guest is none other than the incomparable Amber Noble. And uh, one of our conversations today is really about going from paycheck to purpose. You know, you're in that space and you really want to do something different. You want to be an entrepreneur, but you got a job. So what is the, the, the impetus of you going from being an employee to being an entrepreneur and really walking in your purpose and just doing something different with your life. Not that you have to do it. It's just that uh, your purpose is pulling you in that direction and you know there's something special that you have to do. And with that conversation, Amber, um, give us a little bit of your background because your background is like really interesting. You come from an entertainment background and at the same time, you in this entrepreneurial space. But even when you were in the, in the entertainment industry, it was still entrepreneurial. So it, it's... Give us that spice. Give us that amber spice. Well, first of all, thank you for having me here, Daniel, uh, Julia, and Emmerich. It is such a pleasure to be amongst you. And so I, to, to try to encapsulate it all, um, many years ago, actually when I was in high school, I took a one-day shadowing opportunity through FBLA, Future Business of Leaders of America, which is like a a school organization and an opportunity to go inside of a radio station and see if that was the career path I would want to go on. And so I took that and I turned it and talked my way into not only an internship, but a, a paid role uh, as a high schooler at a major radio station in Philadelphia. And that then led to other paid opportunities at different radio stations in different formats, pursuing that in college, getting my degree in broadcasting from Temple while working full time at multiple radio stations and then that led to a greater career in radio, working for Radio One and iHeartRadio before it was iHeart and working in television and then eventually being recruited by Kevin Lyles, who was the then president and CEO of a very well-known uh, Baltimorean. Uh, and uh, he was a president CEO of Def Jam, brought me there. And that led to, aside from being his right hand in the C-suite, me uh, matriculating up to an executive position as a brand manager, marketing manager, uh, product manager, working at Def Jam for a number of years, working with artists like Jay-Z and developing Chrisette Michelle, working with LL Cool J, Patti LaBelle, the Izzy Brothers, uh, Rihanna, Mariah Carey, you, you name it, the list goes on. So that was my career for many years of my life, music. Uh, TV and radio. And so um, I hit a, a an inflection point and I hit a point where I was plateauing, not in success, but in fulfillment, personal fulfillment. 
And I started to look at my life as I was approaching. It was in my late 20s. And I said, man, I got the, 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 the dream gig. I'm making pretty much 200 grand a year. I had no kids. Uh, I owned real estate properties, fly all over the, the world. Uh, can, you know, have fringe benefits with the, 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 plat, the, the Amex for work, the corporate card and all this jazz and no God knows who, who you can think of. But I really started to reflect and I said, well, what is my next? What's my next? Am I happy? Uh, is this really satisfying? Do I want to die childless? <laughs> Do I want to be alone? And so I started to look at, um, what I saw my future to be. So when, when you had that conversation, you said, do I want to uh, die childless? Do I want to die alone? So what you're saying is the rigors of that position, the perks and the position was great. However, the rigors of that did not foster a long-term relationship or anything that you could just plant your roots and say, I'm going to be here doing this because I can spend time at home. Kind of to it like that. Yeah, to a great extent. And, and it might sound rather dramatic, but really it's not. Because if you look at the uh, entertainment industry, especially as you ascend in the music industry, like you can be, just to be real, like keep it real with you, you can be a really successful high-level man in music and have a beautiful wife at home supporting you, working or not, you know, helping to you raise beautiful children. But a lot of times if you look at the women in that industry or those industries they, they oftentimes don't have, um, they're not married a lot of times, or they don't have children because they have to be so devoted to the career. And a lot of times, you know, you may or may not have a male spouse who is able to be Mr. Mom, or you be this career woman who's taking over the world and you got somebody who's going to wait there for you because you have to devote so much time when you're in that right. industry, it's not like a nine to five or a typical corporate situation. So yeah. the rules are a bit different. And so um, yeah. it may sound dramatic for me to say to die childless, but a lot of highly successful women in music in particular don't have kids. And if they do, they get to a certain level in the business and then they plateau. And y'all know how ambitious I am. I want to take over the world. And so I had to really kind of like look and say, you know, I've done all these things. I have all these accolades. I work with the most brilliant, talented, gifted, iconic people in the world. I've never been starstruck. Um, I'm, I'm grateful for my experiences. And I love that, that, that they are operating in their gift zone at the highest level. But am I, you know, and am I going to have a really holistically fulfilled life with balance? Um, or am I going to chase all these promotions and, and you know, get so elevated in this world and help these companies make all this money and toe the bottom line and be prudent and, you know, help create great art that people all over the world can love and appreciate and then look back on my life and say, man, I don't have a daughter or a son or, you know, no, who's going to take care of me when I get older, you know? Right. And... Where I don't have companionship, or I'm just dating, and I own these crazy dating apps forever, like you see nowadays. And I was like, I, even back then, I've always been very uh, forward thinking. I've always been a planner, and I've planned out my life since I was a little girl. And I was like, I trust God, but I also trust that He instilled in me 
vision and, and courage and, um, and, and that innate ability I've had since I was a kid to just kind of know when it's, my time is up. Like my mom always mm-hmm. said, never wear out to welcome. Don't impose on people. That resonated with me. And I usually have a good sense of understanding when it's time for me to move on. And so I was, I was actually in the middle of a contract negotiation. I was actually in the middle of getting promoted. So it wasn't like, hey, you got to go. It was like, I'm sitting here, I'm going through these contracts and I'm looking because I had guaranteed contracts, meaning like, you want me? I'm an executive. You got to pay me or you got to, if I'm not going to be here, you still got to pay me. And so I was looking with my attorney and going through the contracts and I was like, something in my gut was like, I don't want to be here, <laughs> you know? You know, you right. have leadership changes, regime changes, philosophy changes and and I was just like, ah, do I really want to commit to another two to five years of this? And I was like, I'm good. And right. if something just came Look, over me and I was like, okay, it's go time. So in that in that space, right, and making that transition, it wasn't, you thought about it. However, it wasn't like at the top of your list of things. By the same token, you had to make a decision. And then you made that decision to just go straight entrepreneur, am I correct? Straight entrepreneur into real estate. How does that really work? Even in college, I always have side hustles. So I always, without getting into too much detail, I always manage talent, develop talent. People you see on TV right now, um, I helped develop like major careers and brands. And so um, I was doing it in the 90s, mid 90s as a college student, like getting paid. And I took that side hustle, which was my business called Eye for Talent. Turned into a talent management company, worked with other people, wound up working with uh, one of my partners is still Layla Ali. Layla and I, uh, and Rick, you know, I think met you right. years ago, we probably knew you were in real estate at a Essence right. Festival or something, right? And <laughs> right. I was Layla Ali, you know, retired, world-renowned boxer who's now into so many other things, authoring books, TV, she owns products, she speaks all over the world, et cetera. I was managing Layla Ali's career as my side hustle, which I turned into a six-figure business when I met you. Um, but right. I had clients before her. So, yeah, it wasn't like I just up and just was like, oh, I'm going to leave and go to real estate. But what I did do, I decided not to renew my contract with Def Jam. I uh, then parlayed that and went on to consult for, like, Motown Records and a couple other companies. Got a little, you know, consulting check out of that. Took my side hustle business, Eye for Talent management and consulting and i was still working with clients on that i saved up six months of my income for my def jam monies and i was always good with my money and then i got into real estate i got licensed on august 10th 2007 in the middle of the recession not even like correlating like hmm maybe this might not be the best time to get a real estate license because we're having a real estate bubble right now and uh at that time, I was, you know, I had already owned a, a couple of investment properties dealing with, you know, with those. And I had and I said, listen, I need a greater sense of purpose. I still loved helping people, connecting people, bringing things together, seeing big ideas take shape. But there were other things that I was not able to do uh, in the entertainment industry that being in real estate and turning it into a real thriving career afforded me the opportunity to. Uh, I'm so passionate about uh, the the plight of people 
from marginalized communities, especially of black heritage, my own, being renters, that always like disturbed me, you know, that they were only renters uh, on one side of my family. And just figuring out how do we dig ourselves out of that? And I saw so many other people and I said, I want to be able to take this side hustle of real estate, of being a landlord and an investor and all this business, how I had from a different career, my ability to be an effective communicator and a big thinker and a doer. And I want to figure out how can I help more people? How can I help my people? How can I help change the trajectory in my own family and help other people change the trajectory in their own families? And that mm-hmm. was really the imp- that was the impetus for me saying out of all the things I could have left that cushy cushy career with that dream job I could have done those so many things Coca Cola I could have gone to all of these major you know companies Kraft you know General Mo- whatever and took my marketing background there and I said no nah, I have a greater purpose and how do I align the things that I'm most interested in and to serve that purpose. Mm. Okay. Well, let me ask you this, uh, Amber. So you you talk about leaving a what you call a cushy job, and you had uh, a, a decent income, but you wanted you had a passion for helping, and you had a greater purpose. So leaving a paycheck and going into real estate, most people don't. I mean, this is not a, a place where you get paid on Friday, right? So how did you make the transition from actually being at a job that was giving you a check? And being a full-time entrepreneur, I understand you had hustles on the side, but hustle on the side ain't the same as I got to make the mortgage today, right? Like, so what was that transition actually like? Yeah, so that transition was, um, you know, exactly that. It was It took planning. Like I said, it wasn't like I just woke up one day and was like, oh, I'm going to just leave my job. Um, it took, I knew when, when they said to me, hey, you know what, your contract's coming up, uh, we, we want, we would like to keep you and, you know, let's talk, let's talk about your next few years. That was sort of the light bulb moment for me. It was like, that's got me thinking, like I had already been thinking something new was on the horizon for me, but that was what it was like. So the first thing I did was I thought, what do I need to do? Because at that time I didn't really have any mentors that could give me guidance specifically on literally going from one huge career that I had done all my life into a completely different career and how to do that successfully. So I had to figure it a lot out on my own. And so I literally said, okay, what are my expenses for the next year? What does that look like? And I literally wrote it down and made a plan. Okay. I need at least six months of, of liquidity uh, to be able to make sure I can take care of all of my living expenses, as well as any like ancillary stuff that I had. So I started stacking my money. Like I said, I've always been a good saver, but I started being even more purposeful and intentional about putting that money away. The money I was making from my side hustles was one of the peanuts. I just put all of that away to make sure I had a cushion, keep my taxes right, and I had enough to uh, get me through because my research on real estate is that most real estate agents don't make a ton of money off the rip. And once I figured out Hey, you're starting this in a recession. You may not make a ton of money, even more so. I was like, you know what? I need some real cushion here because this could be a, rock, a, a rocky ride. 
So like about how much pushing, I mean, I know I'm getting specific, but I know right. that there's yeah, somebody I was listening. thinking the same thing. Yeah, there's somebody listening right now that's like, I want to make this transition. And you saying right. a cushion, but like, what's a cushion? Well, so for me at the time, my bills were about 6000 a month. So I saved like 60 grand. So for anybody who's looking for a template, whatever six months of your living expenses is uh, or are, then that's what you need. Yours might be $1,000 a month. Yours might be two. I saved $60,000 at the time because my bills together was six grand back in 2007. So I had 60 grand to, and, I, and I kept my credit good too. And didn't max out my credit cards. I made sure that I paid off as much of my credit cards as I could. So any event that I needed to parlay, you know, into something else where I got in a jam, I had my credit good and my credit lines clear. Cause I wasn't always in that position. I remember going to college and starting and you go to college, they got the little tables out front. They're giving everybody a credit card. You get one, you get one like Oprah. And they don't say to you, Oh, you got to pay these joints back. You know what I mean? So I had paid all that off and gotten through that. So 60 grand for me was what it was. Well, Amber, how do you, you made the transition, then the market collapsed. Things got really weird. How did you not go back? I think there's there's a lot of agents I feel like that are new that have this misconception that it's going to be easier. Then they get in and they get punched in the face, and then they go back to their to their part time job or whatnot. You had so much success in the other career. How did you stay active in real estate and not just run back to where comfort was? That's a great question, Daniel. I mean, there were many moments, especially you know, being totally transparent. I was at the time doing business. I was licensed in New Jersey first, and um, I didn't really have any family in Jersey. I didn't have a lot of cultural connection. I was in an area, area served areas of Jersey and central Jersey where there were not a lot of people from my cultural background. And a lot of the buyers and sellers oftentimes weren't accustomed to necessarily dealing with agents that were not from their own community. And so I had to really find these points of intersection and, um, and, and really get creative to connect with folks because getting business was hard. But I, I I figured it out and I pushed through and I went so hard because I said, if I can go hard for all of these celebrities and helping these major companies that are worth billions, then I need to go hard like that for myself. So it took a lot of prayer. It took a lot of reading and just learn. Re- any book I could get my hands on about real estate, I, I read it. Any book- What I were read, they? You like to have book recommendations. Well, one of the books was um, MREA, Millionaire Real Estate Agent. That was actually a great motivator for me because it gave me something to aspire to, right? In my career, uh, I probably read MREA twice. And um, there are other like just different books about uh, not being a realtor per se, but just how to make money in real estate. One of the books that has really been pivotal for me is this one right here. Multiple Streams of Income, Robert G. Allen. This book changed my life during that time and figuring out not how to go back. This book right here just gave me so much hope. I love you saying that because I think one of the one of the things we tell a lot of agents right now is this is truly the best time to be in real estate because you're gonna learn a lot of the fundamentals. You're gonna get you're gonna get punched in the face. You're gonna have a lot of a lot of triumph and a lot of uh, just pain. But this is going to turn. And once it turns, you're going to appreciate the ride up so much more than a lot of these people that got licensed over the last few years. 
that are having success. And then all of a sudden, now they got to go lead generate again. And they're like, I don't, I don't really want to. So it's, it's a unique way of like starting hard makes it easier in the long end, in the, in the, um, in the end. And, you know, Daniel, that's a great point that you bring up. And the reason why I say it's a great point that you bring up is because, you know, they say tough times make tough people. And so in, in this space, when you're in that space of transition and you're in that space of transition, when the market is tough and when things aren't going well, it comes back to just basic fundamental business. And like what Amber was saying, like growing up, uh, coming, I guess I was going to say growing up in 2007, <laughs> coming into this business in 2007, I, I think it kind of sort of was like growing up for a lot of people. And just in, we can't discount the fact that uh, it takes a lot. Because when you talk about going from paycheck to purpose, I know in my space, when I went from paycheck to purpose, I already had a I already had a jump start. I was in the military and I was retiring. So I had benefits, paycheck, and I was selling real estate. I was doing well. But at that point of retirement, there was no safety net. There was no safety net at that point of retirement. We can at that point of paycheck, at that point of retirement, there was no paycheck. And so I get that whole idea of uh, from paycheck to purpose. And I didn't want to go back and get another job once I retired because I'd been working for the military for 20 years. I knew I did not want another boss. And so like what Amber was saying, you coming into that space and you have to be prepared to move into that space. So, Amber, I think that, you know, you starting in 2007 where you where you had to go through the pain and the challenge of the industry and fight through it, it's almost a better opportunity for a sustained, successful real estate career. And I tell a lot of the agents that are coming into the business now that this is the best time to be an agent because you're going to learn all the fundamental ways to achieve success in this industry. And it's going to be difficult versus what we've been through over the last two or three years where agents have been making money without having to lead generate or do the hard things. And so by coming in now or by starting in 07, it's almost like it primed you to have a successful career in real estate versus coming in, let's say, in 05 or 06 and then catch it on the wave up and print money and not really have to have to grind. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, this is, you know, 2023, it, it, they said it was going to be the Jordan year, right? Um, it, it was like the Minute Bowl year. So uh, <laughs> it was... Um, <laughs> I would say that if you are an agent in the past, you know, 12 months to 24 months, to me, it is as close to equivalent as when I got licensed in 2007, 16 years ago. And and one of the things I've always tried to do in my life is take things that maybe other people see as negatives and figure out how can I see the good and the positivity in it. And that's what I learned to do getting my license in 07. I realized that actually was it was a blessing from God that I got licensed in because I was battle tested. If I would have come into business when it was easy and sweet, I would not have been the the listing machine that I became. I wouldn't have been the 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 dynamite buyers agent I was. I wouldn't have been the uh, the script champion, you know, that I taught myself how to do. You might have been back at Def Jam, right? Or somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> But it really, being in a business at a tough time, really, 
uh, mold you to really be battle tested and you can make it in any market. So don't look at it as a bad thing. It's a good thing. Be grateful because you're really earning your keep here in this market and just do other things that are going to make you successful. Be time block, be systematic, be learning based legion, 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 legion. And don't be a secret agent, right? Don't be a secret agent. Those are the things, just a few of the fundamentals that I know I learned back in 07. And I made sure that, cause I was a marketer too by trade. So I'm like, look, I'm going to promote myself. Like before Beyonce is Beyonce, she's Destiny's child. I'm going to promote myself. Like she's like on Destiny's child like on Jay-Z and all these other people and just get in people's faces. And that also helped me break down some of that, the cultural barrier that I had not having a real cultural base at that time in the areas I was serving. As I moved my business to PA, cause I'm from Philly, from Philadelphia, I was able to make more cultural connections and it was easier in that regard. But then I also had the challenge of people, a lot of people from my community not necessarily having the means to acquire real estate as much. So then I tapped more into my purpose of like, how can I show them the way? Mm. So when you talk about that, right. And we had that conversation about purpose. When those tough times come, you, you understood what your purpose was. You understood what your assignment was. And I understand it makes it, it made it a little more difficult to pursue it. But however, when your purpose is your purpose, you persist without exception. And so in that tough time, pushing through that, and now you fast forward to today, what does Amber's role in real estate look like today? So today, um, I am a, an agent. I, I do you know fairly well. Um, last year, uh, I did close to 14 million in units and I was able to serve and help, uh, 25 different sets of, of people, which really amounted to about over 50 people. And I impacted them in, in that way in, to, in terms of helping them, uh, build wealth through the acquisition and transfer of, of real estate. Um, and that was really great. And for the past three and a half years, I've been a broker of record, for two brokerages that do about $2.5 billion cumulatively. Um, and I've helped to grow that division to about 105 agents. So there's been about 800 agents and 105 of them have New Jersey licenses. And I've been their New Jersey broker of record and teaching and training and mentoring and agents and helping them problem solve every single day while also running my own business and so I've still, you know, I still um, own rental properties, investment properties, and I'm always acquiring those and looking for opportunities and also looking for opportunities to turn my land, my tenants into owners. Uh, I don't want people to rent from me forever. And I tell them that up front. Uh, I don't want this to be a long term relationship. If they so desire to to own, uh, I, I really try to do that. And so that's what it looks like, even I'm an author. I'm a five-time author. And uh, I just published my latest book, which is Never Give Up. And my co-author is Dick Vitale, who's a legendary sports broadcaster who has just beat cancer. See him all over ESPN and everywhere else. And in this book, in my chapter, which is um, myself and a bunch of other entrepreneurs. Let me me tell you something, Amber. You steady holding it up and these listeners cannot see that, baby. They can only hear you. (laughs) 
Just in case we have a news flash. Just in case we have a news flash. Uh, but never give up. Give up. You can get it uh, from my website, ambernoble.com, uh, in the next week or so. It's already a bestseller, but we sold out. But um, I talk about actually an experience with a client in this book, and I talked about how I helped them through COVID because they were ready to give up. And we were all ready to give up and throw in the towel. And I talk about how uh, it was real estate in an unreal year. So I just try to find ways to take uh, my gifts and uh, my training and not only serve myself, which is okay, but also figure out how to pass that for, pay that forward and pass it on. Um, and a lot of the agents, any agent I mentor, I help, I say, listen, I'm going to do this for you, but what are you going to do for the next person? How are you going to take what it is? I just share it with you and I gifted you this knowledge and this insight. And how are you going to make a deposit to somebody else who's worthy, but maybe they don't have someone that they can identify with, that can understand the challenges they go through as a real estate agent. Well, you know what, Amber, uh, what I'm hearing you say, and the thing that I love about real estate is you said you left the job that was a paycheck to go into a purpose. And the purpose was, and then you've gone on for the last 30 minutes about so many different ways that it's purposeful. At first, it was just helping people in your community be able to identify that they too could be homeowners. And then you talk about being a broker of two different places. And then you talk about all the agents that you're mentoring and coaching. And then you talk about, there's just so many spaces in real estate that one person could really fulfill whatever that purpose is. And you're doing it in so many different aspects and so many different ways. That's what I love about real estate. That's what I love about being a real estate entrepreneur is that you're investing and you have people that you are helping find homes and places to live, but then saying, Hey, guess what? You can't stay here. I want to teach you too how to be a homeowner. And there's just so many different avenues of which you're using that purpose. And maybe you could have done all of that in the music industry, but I'm going to guess not. I'm going to guess there was probably just one lane of how you help people. But in this in this direction, you're able to help people in so many different facets of life and of space. And like you said, not only serve yourself, but there's so many different types of people, investors, home buyers, the agents um, that you're also serving. And so I, I imagine and I hope, and you can tell me if I'm correct, that you really are uh, doing what I like to call living a life by design and and fulfilling your purpose in so many different ways. I am. I am as cliche as it may sound like from bold. I am absolutely <laughs> living my life by design and definitely not by default. And yes, Julia, it is very gratifying. It is very satisfying. It is very fulfilling to know that every um, way that I could possibly repurpose um, my real estate insight um, and my real estate experience to just really just go go all the way in, play all in, 10 toes, 10 fingers, everything that I'm definitely doing. It. And I just encourage anybody, you know, tuning into the podcast to just don't limit yourself. You know, don't be a jack of all trades and a master of none, but master something and then figure out and, 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 and don't look at it as linear. Look at it as horizontal. Figure out what other kind of verticals can you put under. This is real estate here. But under real estate, there's so many different things that go under that. You can be a real estate agent. You can become a broker. You can become an investor. You can become a landlord. You can become a productivity coach. You can become a trainer. You can become a mentor. You can write real estate books. You can be a speaker. 
You can do so many things. You can do career days and, and, and impact young people in school. There's so many things that we can do to not only benefit, but really um, have a robust life as a result of this amazing career that we have. And the possibilities are really endless. She said something in the beginning, right? And I just want to just make it clear because there's some people out there who have some different challenges and you said something about, I don't want to be childless and in your space, right? This real estate operating your real estate purpose just from, and uh, from your daughter has allowed you to do some other things. Right. And, and yes. I, I know it's a little sensitive. But that, I want, you didn't even tell us about the fact that you went from childless to no longer being childless. Right. Yeah, and that's what, that's what I'm coming back to. Cause I, I know that's a, I know in your purpose, that was really big and, this whole purpose thing has has encapsulated that relationship with your daughter and your just your ability, and I think I believe that's another part of this story that somebody has to hear because just give us the give us the ten thousand foot version because I know you could do it, take that story for two hours. So give no, us that, we, that, we that story. Go ahead. We okay. won't take it for two hours, but what I'll tell you is I did I did fulfill that purpose. Uh, I got married. And um, I got engaged and then I got um, actually I was engaged when I made the decision to uh, to choose a different path. And I, he was supported me. My idea of that. Uh, I got married and um, I had a beautiful, beautiful daughter named Leah. And Leah is now 11. She'll be 12 in March. I did eventually I was married for 15 years. I did eventually get divorced, which is OK, because we were amicable. But thankfully, I made a great choice in, uh, in, in partner. So I have an amazing co-parent. I have a brilliant, beautiful, creative daughter who is charismatic and all these things I couldn't even begin to tell you. And she also has a superpower of autism and, uh, Leah's, uh, autism gift has just affected me in such an extraordinary way. And again, part of my purpose with real estate is I try to also support families who are special needs families because I am a special needs parent. And um, it has also taught me love and patience on a higher level, which has bled into my business and how I deal with people and meeting people where they are in life. Because I already was like that anyway, but Leah being on a spectrum also taught me that everybody learns differently. Everybody develops differently, even in real estate. And uh, we got to meet people we have to meet our peers. We got to meet the next future generation of real estate rock stars and our clients. We got to meet them where they are in life and don't look down on people and just challenge them to buck those statistics and those stereotypes about what they can do. Because people say with autism, Leo would be able to do certain things. And our village is helping her exceed that. And she's a, she's a, she'll outwork anybody. So I look at her and I bring that tenacity and that fighting spirit that Leah has. And I bring it into my real estate business. So. Emmerich, I'm glad, I'm glad you made sure she added that. That, Come is, on the now. that is the beautiful thing we needed. You right. That's why, you, in some value. That's why you are in charge. Unc, that you, I, I, I just add some value. You're more than just the wisdom of gray hair and a handsome face. I add some value to this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you shared that, Amber. Thank you for sharing that story with us. <laughs> now, on that note, Amber, are we wrapping it up? On that note, that was a good note. 
Yes, ma'am. I'm following your direction, ma'am. Uh, Amber, last words. One thing. One thing you want the audience to leave with today. The one thing I want the audience to leave with is title of my book, Never Give Up. Never Give Up. And you can find it in the show notes. You said we can find it on your website. What's the website address, Amber? Yeah, so when this comes up, it, my my site will be up. Um, it'll be ambernoble.com, www.ambernoble.com. You go there now, you're not going to see it, but you will by the time this comes up. But just never give up. Never give up on your dreams and never give up on what's possible because it's all possible. Just got to figure it out. And that is a beautiful place. So, you know, paycheck the purpose. Um, find your purpose. Everybody has a purpose. Everybody has a space. Thank you so much, Amber, for being our guest. On behalf of myself, my co-host, Julia Lachey, my other co-host, Daniel Dixon, please tune in to us on a regular basis on the Color of Money podcast. We're always here every week, something special, somebody special, a special conversation. Stay tuned in. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Follow the Color of Money podcast today and get notified when new episodes are released weekly. Be part of this transformative listening experience. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. The views, thoughts, and opinions of the guest represent those of the guest and not KWRI and its affiliates and should not be construed as financial, economic, legal, tax, or other advice. This podcast is provided without any warranty or guarantee of its accuracy, completeness, timeliness, or results from using the information. 